We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave trolls. Something. Oh, perfect. All right. You went, you went full Randy Newman there for a second. Wow. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Okay, it's, I don't know if I have the time to explain who Randy Newman is, or if it's really worth me explaining who Randy Newman is. It's Nobody eh, really needs eh. that. Nobody I love Randy Newman, that. but I understand that not everybody does. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's an important part of hosting. It's like, well, I could, uh, I could dish on this I could thing rant. that no one gives yeah. a shit about. Although I will, before we get too far into this, rant about one thing. I got a message completely unprompted. I'm in a group text with a couple of my old coworkers, good friends. My friend Nicole, she messaged me and was like, oh, this is just like so cool. And it was uh, the Barbie Yaga. Um, and guess who's TikTok Barbie Yaga. Shut the fuck up. No, no joke. No joke. Shut she doesn't, up. She doesn't play D&D. She doesn't follow me on TikTok. Oh. There's no mutuals there. That's so weird. It just popped it, up it, on her For You page. It's got a lot of views. I did not fucking expect it. Apparently people had never seen it, it, which was, I'm like, oh, maybe you're not on D&D talk. And uh, so, like, I think think you left your niche a little bit there. So I think that's why you're getting so many views. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So congratulations. Oh, my God. Thanks. I'm over here, like, pumped when I get, like, 2,000 views on a video. And you're just like, nah, like, casual, like, 100,000. No big deal. It's fine. I'm an influencer. I don't think it's up there yet, but last time I checked, it's at 50K. It so. was pretty high with the one night. It was pretty fucking high. It makes me nervous whenever, like, I send lists of screenshots whenever the view count gets over, like, what? Like, 8,000? And then I, like, I hate this. And she's like, you created the TikTok. You want this to happen. And I'm like, Yes. But also, I'm anxious. <laughs> it's kind of hard sometimes when we talk to some of your fans specifically. My fans get it because they know that like I like making comic books. Like I've talked to a few of them, they're like, "Oh, it's like it'd be cool to see you on like an actual play." And I'm like, "I'm gonna dabble a little bit, but this is more my fun outlet." You know, it's me hanging out with my friends talking about D and D. But your yeah. fans are like, "We don't care that you do it for fun. You need to do this professionally. <laughs> like yeah. make it happen now." <laughs> <laughs> give us literally everything. Give us merch. Give us like your entire soul yeah like, they I they want it so bad and like it's hard for me because like they they ask me like i have any control over it like like <laughs> i like i could tell you what to do at all and i'm like number one no that's not how this works number two that's not this is supposed to be fun for them like they got other careers <laughs> and they're like no 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 this is this is life now this is <laughs> i just love this is life uh, is love. so before we go too far a little bit of like uh, slovenly trolls after dark prompting. I think a good okay. question for you two to discuss to just to satiate them is what would it take for you to change your mind and go for this seriously full time? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sub food for thought. Food for thought. What I know you don't take? have an answer because you don't want to do that, but yeah. <laughs> but like I said, like people are now bothering me. <laughs> so. So we might just need to flat out address it. Like, I, know, I just oh, want to no, pass the ball off. I, just, I don't want people to think I don't want the, to deal with this anymore. It's not, the, it's, not the, like, it's not the white dude. I'm not in charge. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just here for the lulls, you know? Like, I, I'm not. I'm I, just I have here. no part in this. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so will, that's for I me. That's my own word. housekeeping. Just, just, uh, okay. just for me. 
Um, anyways, moving on. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry Smith. With me, as always, are the hosts of the Slavenly Trolls, Sharday. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I definitely believe you. And Lissa, how are you Thank doing? You. Tired, but barely functioning. <laughs> but barely functioning. <laughs> That, that that feels more like an and like that those do not seem like separate things listen you can't you can't tell me what to say i cannot I, mean. I just talked about Ooh. that i have no control <laughs> that actually came up too because they were like well aren't you like the business dude and i was like yeah and i've tried to get them to do this as a business because i'm poor and i was like we could make money off this i know we don't none of us want this as a goal but we're all broke so we could have money and even then they were like nah and i was like well fuck if i can't get them with money then i can't get them <laughs> and uh and like they didn't believe me like <laughs> i'm like listen it, like if anything my white man senses are tingling i tried to make money on this. <laughs> my white man capitalist like senses. like you don't even get it man uh but we're not here to talk about money. We're t here to talk about all the TTRPG news you need to know about. Uh, first up, let's talk about our bits and bobs sections where we talk about all the new games coming to a gaming table near you. And this week, we're not talking about all the new games. I picked three out of uh, all the ones that we had talked about and seen popping up all over the place. And these are three that actually mean something to us. So we all will have something to say on, on at least some of them, uh, which I thought might be a little bit more interesting this time around. Uh, first up, yeah. The Crooked Moon, Folk Horror and 5e by Legends of Avantress. This is really exciting because I've been following them on TikTok and starting to uh, watch their actual plays, and I fucking love this group. So I didn't know that they had this book in the works. Uh, do you know of them? Have you seen the clips? Yeah, I see so many actual play clips. So I, I'm sure I've seen maybe something, but I'm terrible with names. So Google yikes. Legends of Avantress and see if they look um, familiar right. because they I have some that. of have the book. funniest <laughs> actual play bits I have ever seen. And I love Dimension 20. So it's saying something. Lissa, how about you? Do you know what we were talking about? Um, I am. I don't I don't know what this is, but it got um pushed to me on Instagram, mm, which okay. means one of two things. Um I'm Instagram finally knows who <laughs> I am and has way more information on me than oh. I am comfortable with. But also too, I'm I'm literally getting Kickstarters like advertised to me so I can just source the content and then we can promote it here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just oh my god, I do know them. See, I do you would yeah. have seen these clips. I I feel like our TikTok yeah. a lot of times is on the same page. Definitely D and D TikTok for sure. Yeah, I've definitely seen clips of them for yeah. sure. They are hilarious. They I are agree. hilarious. So like knowing that they are making a book, I was like, oh, this is gonna be dope. Uh, so the ultimate folk horror supplement for fifth edition: Brave the Dark Wood, Beware the Witching Hour, and Weave Your Own Dreadful Folk Tale. Legends of Avantress, creating tabletop content on and off the screen. Uh, they're a tabletop stream that loves the game, the stories, and each other. We want you to be a part of it. Go join them. Go check this out. Uh, check out their their actual play. Uh, also, because it is hilarious. I, I love all the stuff they're doing. And they do, in my opinion, what Dimension 20 does, which is, like, it's really hilarious until there's heart in it, and then it just, like, hits you right mm -hmm. in the feels, which is really cool. However, they mm -hmm. do it more in the critical role style of much longer actual play, more like a bunch of friends sitting at the table playing a game, rather than, like, a really uh, tight uh, product. 
um, which is something I love about Dimension 20, but uh, Vontras definitely has that more classic actual play feel to them. So I recommend mm-hmm. that. And I recommend the book. The Crooked Moon looks dope. I'm going to get it. Um, it looks so dope. It looks like uh, Hedgewitch vibes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. fucking great for Hag Girl Fall. We love that. Um, they're, they're touting the videos that they were funded in one minute, which is really, really neat for someone that... No offense to them. I feel like a lot of people haven't heard of them, which is crazy well, to me. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people. Well, again, I I don't want to speak for everyone, but speak for I everyone and their... the trees, Shadi. <laughs> okay, I'll speak for the trees specifically, the Ents. Um, I will speak and say that I I didn't know them by name, but then when you said just Google them and see if like if you like have a screenshot of the actual play, if you recognize the people, and I do, so I think that their reach is just larger than gotcha. people think it does. Doesn't Just because it, it's not like Critical Role or Dimension 20 or even I think Unprepared Casters has been coming up in popularity recently. Just yeah, because like I see I get a lot of them until like two weeks ago and now I see clips. Nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw them first on TikTok and then they started gaining traction on Twitter, which is the platform I run for the podcast. And so a lot of what I deem as like, Oh, that's a successful actual play is from Twitter, but Twitter is obviously dying and bleeding <laughs> on the floor. What, so, what is Twitter? I don't know about that one. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're getting a lot of their stuff on at least TikTok. I don't know if they have an Instagram presence, but it just kind of goes to show like how sometimes separated other like different platforms can be, like different social media platforms can be. And, like, how you can be missing out on, like, this amazing thing that's going on just because, like, you're not, like, part of that little, like, niche of the internet, which is fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And it's a really good point, too, where it's like, oh, I've never heard of them. But, like, talking to some of my friends, like, I've mentioned some of their clips. They're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that clip. And I'm like, oh, so you have heard of them. Like, I didn't know it was an actual play. I just thought they were funny people sitting around the table, which is, which is, you know, awesome. And uh, it works, right? Like it gets the name out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But to talk about the game a little bit, the Crooked Moon, uh, what lurks within all new fate weaving system, full core campaign setting, 13 plus dreadful subclasses, 13 plus Halloween themed races, 66 plus folklore inspired monsters, 11 epic multi-phase boss fights. uh, That one I'm really excited for. 25 plus upgrading artifact items. Also love that. 120 uh, plus chaotic curses, 13 plus fearsome feats, 40 plus strange spells. One one quick thing. When you have a low number and you put plus, does that just mean 14? Like 13 plus fearsome feats. Like what's... <laughs> I get when you put like 120 plus. It's like, oh, we stopped counting after 120. But when you have a 13 plus, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's probably like you said, like it's a marketing thing. Like maybe they have 15 feats, but maybe they, the marketing team or whoever was putting this together, didn't think that it sounded like enough. Yeah, it's not so creepy they enough. You gotta down. do the 13. Oh, plus. that's true. Also, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that yeah. was funny. That gets me sometimes. So, terrifying adventure for levels 1 through 13. This is really cool and it is jammed pack. I did not expect mm-hmm. it to have that much content. And uh, for 30 bucks, you get the PDF and the full MP3 set. Um, and then for 60 bucks, which is a little steep, but it's a pretty thick book, and it comes with a lot of shit. You get the tarot-only uh, stuff. Oh, no, that is just tarot-only. So if you want the book, that's $65, and it comes with the PDF mm. and MP3. So the tarot is kind of a separate thing, but that's that's pretty cool. 60 bucks for a tarot is about on par with what I see. Yeah, that's about on um- yeah, that's about on par with just if you buy like a 
a tarot deck in general, especially like a very super specialized one. Yeah. So uh, you got a lot of options there. They have a lot of digital stuff uh, coming with this. You can get all of the print uh, files for the miniatures. You get the VTT backgrounds and everything set up along with the PDF tarot deck in the MP3. So they're going heavy into the digital, which is interesting. Uh, kind of a, a twist that you see with a lot of Kickstarters. But yeah, I, I'm not going to go that heavy. I'm going to get the book. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm poor. Valid. So I. Uh, uh, like I said, I can't get them into the business part, so like, leave me be. I only I got thirty bucks, okay? I can do a thirty dollar PDF, which is still even a little bit more than what I normally do for a PDF. I gotta save it up my money because so I it. I backed the Magnus Archives uh, Kickstarter, mm. which was like that was that was pricey. That was uh, uh, my my prettiest penny. Um. So yeah, go check out uh, the Crooked Moon. Lisa, is this doing anything for you? I got. I, it's not gothic horror. It's folk horror, but folk horror is still interesting. You just like, not I, a slut I like... for folk horror. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a slut for folk horror, but um, I do know that for a fact that Megan has taken it up personally to introduce me to more horror-based campaigns in general. Which yeah. I mean, she started off with Alien, um, so you know, it's 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 working. It's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, is, it is. Speaking of that, I'll be on the Vac Tears uh Spooktober lineup for Extra Life on October eleventh. I'm gonna be playing Ooh. in Naptime on Elm Street, which is a little babies and broadswords uh adventure run by the creator and with friend of the show DM Rick. So go check that out. There's other people there too, I just don't remember all of their names. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not friends with them. I'm not. I'm, they're all, they seem very kind. They laughed when I named my character Mike and Ike. So, like, there's that. But, um, That's cool, then. Yeah, they're I'm playing cool. the P-I, like P spelled out, P-E-E, um, which oh, is good. like a little investigator, very Rizgugak, uh type baby. So Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But he also has pink eye, like, built into the class, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I've never played a character with conjunctivitis, but there's a first for everything. Yeah, I've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. And apparently you start with Pink Eye. Uh, moving yeah. on. Uh, I'm going to need help uh, pronouncing the Red Book of Black Magic, which is the fucking coolest name I've seen in a minute. Um, is that Rod Skinner? I believe so, unless the D is pronounced somehow else. Yeah, I would say Rod Rod Skinner. Rod Skinner, okay. That's how we're going to pronounce it for now. Uh, but as it changes, uh, uh, we'll update you, I guess. But uh, the Red Book of Black Magic, again, fucking rad. Um, this lost and legendary Icelandic grimoire is finally in our hands. It shines new light on Iceland's unique witchcraft and witch trials. Uh, I don't know too much else about it. I know you had a little note here that you're familiar with the creators of this. Yeah, it's uh, one of the ones that we uh, talked about earlier. It's by the group that did uh, Witches of Midnight. Oh, I got you. Mm -hmm. I remember that now. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same group. And this is their newest project. Yeah, and it's red, not launched red yet. Red skin uh, actually means uh, red skin, apparently. Oh, okay, okay. And it's a yeah, uh, legendary book about black magic. Dope. Yeah, I just googled that because I was looking for the pronunciation, and yes, <laughs> I also uh, found that. And the Witches of Midnight is one of their Forge in the Dark uh, games that I, 
think I backed this. I think I might have this. Um, uh, uh, the gender-inclusive, witch-centered, urban horror, Forge in the Dark tabletop role-playing game. Uh, no, somebody else backed it for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see you're sourcing your I am outsourcing my games. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So, so this is this is this uh, when you don't have money, you get other people to pack it for you. Dude, I I'm sugar daddy. What do you mean? I really do. What I do you message, mean? Of course. I message one of our friends who has like more like open income, uh, more disposable income, and I'm like, hey, does this game look cool? <laughs> and then they say yes. I'm like, well, we got the game then. I don't I don't necessarily get all the benefits, but I will usually get like the PDF copy. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's pretty uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Listen, they got supported. I got the game. It, everyone's a winner i don't know <laughs> where this judgment is coming from but yeah witches have been that did look dope i love forges in the dark uh i'm curious if red skinner uh skinner is going to be also in the forged in the darks uh system because i would be down to check that out i've only recently started playing more in that system and i'm running a one shot here next month in it um and i'd be really down to check that out plus i really liked what they did with witches of midnight i thought that that was a cool setting um not too like boilerplate like some settings i'm like this could just be D. it doesn't need to be its own thing and i really liked what they did so i'm excited to check that out any other thoughts before we move on to the next game i'm excited to see the kickstarter actually come out so we get more details yeah <laughs> i gotta click that little notify me on launch button uh and so you can tell us all about it because we'll be honest we'll forget like this will be a thing <laughs> we have It'll a lot have of four days left and this will message me going hey can we get this on the show before they uh before this goes live, like uh ends the kickstarter they need 25 dollars you know <laughs> it's happened many times um yeah finally let's talk about Feyborg, the scary fairy folk metal rpg based on Merkborg. this is not an official Merkborg product i do want to say that i know i talk about Merkborg all the time this still looks rad um beyond the hawthorns the other world hungers explore a perilous fairyland as magic takes its final shuddering breath um it's at twelve thousand out of fifteen thousand and 25 days left to go so you can still back this and be a part of the big push um if you like Merkborg, which uh we know that you do if you're listening to this show because i've talked about it enough and if you haven't started liking it what's your problem um <laughs> but you wouldn't do that to me so i know you love Merkborg and pirate borg and cyborg uh Pretty and now ever. possibly Fayborg. Mm-hmm. uh so i i don't know what else to say it's obviously like i said it's not part of the fully like Merkborg community you know it's built on the backs of it uh so it's like inspired by Merkborg. i'm hoping that means it's kind of brutal i'm hoping it means it uses 100 percent the same system it sure looks to be doing that um and it's uh pretty cheap you can get uh the pdf copy for 12 bucks which is pretty cool um especially because like the the Merkborg books are not so system heavy that they're really thick they're pretty small uh pretty cheap to print so uh, you don't need a 80 dollar book in order to you know push everything in there uh, i'm digging the vibes i think they captured the tone of Merkborg pretty well when it comes to the art um even if it's a different artist it doesn't feel disjointed by any means uh what are you two getting from this i love I... the vibes so much <laughs> yeah it, it says folk metal art punk and yes i that's amazing and it's also by the uh couple of drakes so i think they're a couple um of drakes yeah a couple of of drakes drakes specifically yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Couple Drake Stockholm. They're from Pittsburgh. Thirty something married couple who enjoy writing, gaming, and writing games. Oh, uh, that's know, adorable. That's uh, adorable. Court of that's the Blade um, is one of the games that they've done. Head Skyworthy Spirited Cafe. I've seen some of these names. I don't know if I've played any of these, uh, mm. but they have. It seems to be like a pretty good pedigree. Um, they're they've sold some of these games, so. Uh, I think you can feel safe in backing this, knowing that you're going to get your product and that they complete their projects. Um, mm -hmm. I'm digging it. I Again, if I wouldn't have read it, I would have said this was an official Merc board game, uh, which oh, I, I sure. don't know if if anyone is okay with that. But uh, um, I, I didn't know at first when I picked on it. Uh, I think they did a good job of capturing that tone. It looks badass, and mm -hmm. I love the Merc board system um it's my go-to when it comes to osr stuff like any old school mm -hmm. role playing games because it doesn't feel like it captures the vibe of like oh it's gonna be kind of hard this is almost always like a one shot we don't care if our characters necessarily die because we're not trying to do this as like a four-year campaign um so i always go to mercborg for that kind of stuff uh so I i'm digging it plus like you can do some like grim fairy tales here i think this would be good maybe for like a witcher game like if you're inspired by that this definitely Ooh, has some of those yeah, creepy, for sure. uh, storytelling vibes, but I don't know what else uh, mm -hmm. I can say other than, yeah, this looks dope. Uh, <laughs> any other thoughts before we move on? I think dope is a good way to round it out. I also <laughs> think it looks dope. <laughs> I, I had to explain to my kids what I meant when I said dope all the time. Because I talk oh, like man. this, like, oh, you no. know, like a 20-year-old Explain them surfer. the ways of the past. I know, like, and, like, so I explain them, like, well, dope used to mean, like, a drug, so people would refer to it as dope, and, that, like, subversive, counterculture, you would say dope to mean cool, because you're pushing back against mm -hmm. the man, and they're like, Dad, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what most slang is, is pushing against the man. Word, so, it definitely like, is. Like, children. it just, it is what it is. <laughs> like, that's just the, I grew up in the 90s, it was all radical, cowabunga. You know, like, that's why I say dude every <laughs> We were all Ninja other. Turtles. Yeah, yeah I, I can't help it. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, trying to explain to my kids my affectation, like, it's just, uh, it's, it was a little embarrassing. Um, I think uh, some of the younger generation would call it cringe. And uh, I understand, mm. but I can't change. I, I am who I am. <laughs> You're averse to change. Uh, listen, uh, I am an old man, and uh, mm. I the grandpa biden memes <laughs> that's just that's where i'm at uh, right. moving on let's get into our village crier section this is where we go into the center of town and yell about all the stuff that didn't fit anywhere else it's just the news that you need to know uh first up dungeons and dragons will no longer be distributed through penguin random house a little bit of book publishing drama for you um they're just shaking it up in a really dumb way i think <laughs> Yeah, I'm very confused as to how this makes any logical sense. Are, is anybody else <laughs> like, scared that we're starting to see wizards now under, like, a gigantic company making similar moves as, like, TSR? TSR, I was just... I mean, <laughs> I mean okay, <laughs> the context The context of me finding this was seeing, um, like, a meme, basically, that said, how badly does Wizards of the Coast have to fuck up? And then this, like, headline <laughs> posted there. So for that's the context for you of how I found this, and I'm like, this this isn't real, right? This isn't real. And then I like oh, googled God. it, and I'm like, oh no, this is real. This came out yesterday, and and then it's just like, I I yeah, I sent this to the our group chat, and I'm like, guys, guys, 
uh, this, this is happening. I don't know what this means. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. What it means the, the history's repeating itself is what it means. Hey, like, hey, hey. <laughs> history doesn't repeat itself. It just rhymes sometimes. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's 100% <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> I mean, but, but I'd be interested in, like, the business point of view. Like, what... We're in based on like how we know that Wizards of the Coast, uh, like sells products. Obviously, bookstores like or Penguin Random House, Mm -hmm. um, is one way, but how much is that gonna? I mean, that's a big, I feel like that's a big company to it is, it's huge, yeah. So how how is this going to impact? Do we think like the sales yeah. of the Coast? Well, I can and break since it down. Terry's our for business you. person. Yeah. I I'm kind of looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into a little bit of the history that we talked about before. So back in the day, TSR broke tons of boundaries. You know, broke that glass ceiling and was like, "Hey, we're going to get our D and D books into stores by partnering with." Uh, publishing companies like Penguin and it was a big deal like it's gonna pop up in Books a Million it's gonna pop up in Barnes and Noble and a million other Walden Books can I name more defunct bookstores Um, and it was huge for the game right Um, Mm -hmm. they kept entering into a lot of bad business deals though uh, on both sides which were really sketchy like hey we're gonna pay you outright for all your books before they're even made on a yearly schedule so they would have to just keep pumping out books even if there weren't books to be made and they would Mm -hmm. cheat on their ledger because they were paid up front for any books that they shipped they would just Mm -hmm. send too many books that weren't ordered it was very sketchy you should go read uh, what was the history book that we read help me (laughs) I forget Uh, Slaying Slaying the Dragon Dragon Secret History of Dungeons and Dragons Yes, it has a, some really good reference to that specific part of the history. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want more reference, there's that. So when we talk about history rhyming and repeating itself, that's what we mean, is they've done some stuff like this before. Uh, notoriously sued by their uh, distribution partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with this, this is interesting. I have other contexts coming from the comic book industry, which is recently a lot of the gigantic publishers, Marvel, DC, Image Comics, had split business with um, Diamond uh, Distribution, which was like the only like distribution company for comic books. They kind of had a stranglehold on the market. And because mm-hmm. of this, they were really easy to deal with for um, like uh, comic book stores. Like they, they had it down to a system. However, that system was very exploitive on both sides. It was kind of fucking over stores. It was very expensive for them to order. And it really screwed over their partners at publishing. Um, sure. Now, to give you more context, Penguin Random House is where a lot of people went when Diamond was fucking them over. They went to Penguin. They mm. went to Lunar. Um, they went like Penguin Random House... Notoriously, not the bad guy when it comes to distribution. Um, and, no. means, and in fact, they they do publishing too. Like, uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the move is here. And when you look into the article, this comes from Linda Codega over at Kizmodo. Um, I I don't know the reason here. They didn't really give an explanation, and I'll break down why that's a little bit concerning. Um, but with no explanation whatsoever, the email reads, effective December 31st, 2023, Penguin Random House LLC will cease distribution titles for Wizards of the Coast LLC. It also includes a couple support lines and a link to the distributor portal on the Wizard of the Coast site. There will now be six companies handling distribution. Alliance, Diamond, GTS, Magazine mm-hmm. Exchange, PHS, and Southern Hobby. Um, so... 
I don't know whose move this was. Uh, mm -hmm. it, whether this was a decision by Wizards or a decision by Penguin. Probably a decision by Wizards. Uh, Wizards of the Coast maintains a quarterly publishing schedule, often publishing anywhere between two to six different books, if we count variant covers as new books, every three to four months. Uh, Penguin Random House is a massive publishing and distribution company, and it's unclear how changing the structure will benefit the booksellers and game stores who stock its products, especially as it intends to publish a new edition next year. As the owner of a hybrid uh, book and game store, it's frustrating since the book publisher's terms, incentives, and requirements are generally a lot better than the uh, game distributors. Ross E. Lockhart of uh, Petaluma, uh, California's uh, Word Horde Emporium of the Weird and Fantastic. I fucking love the name of that love store. Love that <laughs> store. Oh my God. Hello. Uh, they told Crazy. IO9. It was beautiful. Penguin is very easy to deal with as a bookseller, particularly when it comes to things like replacing damaged product or returning mm. outdated items. Less so with the games distributors who have higher minimums and less favorable margins. Um, so it sounds like it's a little bit of both, but it sounds like to me that Wizards is looking to get like favorable deals elsewhere and not be pinned down by whatever deal they had with Penguin Random House. And they're probably shifting right now. It's like temporary. They're going to go with all these other distributors and then potentially try to cut them out completely as they're moving to digital. So they don't sure. have to, because I'm sure their deal with Penguin Random House is like, Hey, we're going to distribute so many books per year. Um, and mm -hmm. they're not going to hit those because they're trying to move to digital. They're not going to push their physical copies as hard through there. And with, you know, the invention of the internet and where we are right now when it comes to shipping, it's a lot easier. You don't really necessarily need a distribution partner for these, you know, b uh, brick and mortar stores. It's not as necessary. So I, I understand a little bit why they would shift away from something like Penguin Random House and get more favorable, smaller deals with other publish or other distributors uh, because they're probably moving away they're probably going to do direct shipments they're probably going to handle their own kickstarters for books they're going to handle mm. sales through D, D beyond they're not expecting people to be going into uh you know brick and mortar stores to buy their books as often so why would they put as much money into that god forbid they keep the the bookstores open um <laughs> they're the the future is direct marketing and they know that and they're going to push that as hard as they can because that's one less person they have to pay to you know get their product into the hands of people it, you see it a lot with video games right physical sales right. are becoming a minority and so because of that they're not printing nearly as many games they're not making a big deal about you know this pre-order over at walmart or whatever so it mm -hmm. makes sense in the bigger scheme of business i worry mm -hmm. that it's going to hurt them a little bit because so much of DD's popularity is that collector mentality we go buy a million sets of dice we're gonna buy every book um, it's so tangible like the whole right. hobby is built on tangibility and being like and obviously not every game now is like i i'm in two consistent online games and then games that are in person, like it's a hybrid now. So it it, it makes sense like going more digital, but I, I feel just very concerned if they don't continue to at least support their, you know, tangible assets because that's what the hobby was built on. But the thing is, is they can still do that without having to go through a third party as big as Penguin Random House and these, like, local game stores. Because before, the intro to D&D &D was LCS, right? 
it was like a local comic shop that also sold D&D books or, you know, in, in bigger areas, like an actual hobby store, right? Where you could buy your miniatures yeah. and they'd be like, oh, hey, what's this game? That's Call of Cthulhu. And you'd talk to one of the clerks and you'd get into a game or maybe they had um, uh, some sort of like Western Marches uh, or sorry, the Grey Marches like campaign set up mm-hmm. where you could drop in and play on Wednesdays. Um, that's no longer people's intro to D and D. That's no longer people's intro to the hobby overall. That's actual place. That's internet. And because they don't need Penguin to distribute, they can partner with any of these number of, uh, of these companies or get it onto just Amazon, right? Or handle distribution themselves now that they're more integrated with Hasbro. Hasbro ships its own stuff when it comes to a lot of their toy Kickstarters, um, like their yeah. pulse stuff, like my uh, Ghostbusters. Um, uh, uh, the new Ghostbusters pack is going to be shipped by Hasbro, right? They don't need to partner with some sort of distribution. So as you cut out these middlemen, it, it just is, look at the bottom line when it comes to revenue, they're just going to make more money if they can sustain it. Um, right. and eventually it will add up. So while it could hurt them in the short term, in the long term, they're, they know that brick and mortar is dying. They're going to help kill it faster. And they're going to make more money doing it. There's not a big downside for them mm-hmm. other than maybe losing a contingent that they kind of already lost with a lot of their moves. Like I'm not going to buy fewer D and D books because of this move. Cause I'm already not buying any. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they're worried because you're going to buy your next D and D book on D and D beyond because they're going to do a combo pack, right? You get the digital thing you get all the VTT stuff and we'll ship you the physical book. Why do they need Penguin Random House for that? I mean, I mean maybe, but I also am curious still because of the fallout with the like the earlier fallout this year that was partially like put on the shoulders of D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they've recuperated that loss in any way because there was obviously the big protest that went on. People canceled all their D and D Beyond subscriptions. We know people who never renewed them because fuck that. Word. I don't use D and D Beyond. I don't think I know anybody who I play consistent Dungeons and Dragons specifically with who uses D and D Beyond. But that doesn't mean nobody does, obviously. But like, I'm just wondering if they're putting all their eggs in a basket that isn't fully like formed yet because it hasn't even been a year <laughs> since the whole like debacle happened and they're already making these big business moves and putting it all in on something that they are very they should be very aware that their like core base of fans can just take away at any moment because they'll cancel their subscriptions to send a message and it's way easier to cancel subscriptions to D&D Beyond than it is to just stop buying books because but, D&D Beyond is a subscription and it's a it's a uh, a renewing resource people already have the books forever that they have so I don't I just don't know I can't wrap my I understand like the logic behind it but I'm just wondering if it is the smart move currently so soon after like they saw how floundering D&D Beyond but can become as a resource. I think you're conflating two different issues though. Like this this is not their full push to digital. They're still going to be printing these books. No, but it's part no no no, but it's part of that decision and it's, it's like it's they're making that. moves to do that. But also they're 
they're not counting on you. You're already going to buy that book, and you're probably not going to buy it at a bookstore, right? Because you you don't go to those things because they're not as prevalent in the U.S. at least anymore. You're going to buy it on Amazon. Uh, you, royal you, Char, I know that you're not specifically. I haven't but... bought it. Yeah, I haven't bought any D&D books since exactly. the whole shit. But, but like, like, like yeah. the people, like, they're, they're, they're just not going to do it. Most people are going to order it on a place like Amazon or a storefront. Mm-hmm. And while they lost that contingent, like I said, they're, they're already not worried about getting them back because they're still gaining new people every day whenever they watch one of those actual plays. So mm-hmm. they're counting on those people who are just going to get it the easiest way they can. And the easiest way to get it is going to be directly from the source. So they're not worried about us leaving. They figured out yeah. that it's not going to affect their bottom line big enough. Like it's not going to affect it heavily enough. They're not going to. Go or they're counting on it. They're yeah. counting on it, not. But they, don't they know have the sure, thing is you got to remember this isn't Wizards now doing dumb stuff. Stuff. This is it's Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah. Who has number crunchers who are saying the same thing that I'm saying. And again, this is not mm-hmm. me playing devil's advocate. I hate that they're doing this. One of my favorite things in the world is bookstores. But I'm saying I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, just in case anyone comes at me, like I'm like I want you to know I disagree. <laughs> with this. this is not me saying it's a good idea, but I'm saying for them, for their bottom line, this is why they're doing it, and I don't think that yeah. they're wrong if that's the goal. I think they're wrong because it's mm. shitty. But if their goal is bottom line, I think you're incorrect with thinking that this is going to hurt them as heavily because they're slightly pushing towards digital when it comes to their future. Think, well, I don't think it's going to hurt them like tangibly, like if they stay out of the limelight and they don't fuck up again. But I'm just, because it's still so fresh, the betrayal for mm-hmm. me as a consumer of D&D. And we're in hot union fall. I am so about just like boycotting companies right now Word. and like paying people freely. I'm in this very like pro-union phase of my life, anti-company. I mean, I always have been, but specifically in the States, it's it's everywhere. So it's just, it's more so just me being like, we've literally given you a message before and you didn't listen. And now it seems as a consumer, from my perspective, that you really think people are not going to do that again if you fuck up. So I'm very curious to see when they inevitably fuck up again, because they will, if this is going to bite them in the ass. And I and, hope it does. That it, it probably will, right? like, but I hope people, it does. It's not necessarily that it, it won't. It, it depends on how. Because right now what they're seeing is they're already selling a minority amount of their, their whole sales when it comes to D&D books in these stores that they're distributed through Penguin Random House. So it's yeah. an easy decision for them to go, well, we don't need to make as big of a deal at Penguin Random House. We can make these smaller mm-hmm. deals with these other distributors for and sure. work to for sure. direct marketing. Yeah. Because we're already selling mm-hmm. so many through direct marketing that it's already not feasible to keep going with Penguin. So they're mm-hmm. already seeing that. The wrench that you're throwing in is the only way I could see it actually biting them in the ass in a tangible way, which is people are mad enough that they left Penguin Random House and they're not going to pop up yeah. in as many stores. Um I don't think that, and I mean, that's such a niche thing. I don't think that specifically is going to happen. That, I'm more thinking, point, yeah. yeah, no, like for this decision specifically, I'm more thinking of like you were saying, like the broader spectrum of why they're doing this. Like right. they're moving more towards digital and a hybrid model, and they're going to put so much into their VTT and their um, D&D Beyond. And that I think like is a questionable move when, like I said, like putting all your eggs in this basket, this basket isn't healed yet from the shit you pulled in January. Like, yeah, but you, 
but they've yeah, had a they've had a they've had a whole year of new people coming in to play D D based on 100%. the D movie. So I don't think they're catering to the old players. The old players will do what they do. Like they either support them or they don't, and that's fine. But they, I think they're looking towards the future and they're looking toward new people coming into the industry, which is the future of D D is online, it's virtual, it's virtual tabletops, it's subscription-based services. And they're trying to incite these new people who are coming into D&D of like, ooh, look, this is the easy way to play D&D. Just learn it all online. You don't even have to leave your house. You don't have to know anyone who plays D&D. You can just find these people on Discord or whatever. Probably. I don't know. No, I'm just making shit up at this point. But I, I do think they're more incentivized to cater to the new people coming into the industry than us old us old people who know what shit's going on, <laughs> god damn it. Yes, and oh, also the thing god. is, is like, Shardy, to your point, even if you're right, even if they're like, we're trying to go digital, this doesn't change that, where it's like, the idea isn't that they're going to stop selling physical books, and it's not just that they're going to no, sell them on no. D&D Beyond. The right, point yeah. is that they don't have to go through Penguin to get it onto Amazon. They don't have to go through Penguin right. to get it at a million other distributors online. Uh, digital distributors, at least, where you would go and purchase the physical book that was going to be shipped to you. Penguin's not mm-hmm. going to have their hand in that, so they don't have to have that big of a deal because Penguin's main thing is getting it into these brick-and-mortar shops. So yeah, yeah. they can have their cake and eat it, too. And when people are like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to bar- order it right on Beyond because fuck D&D Beyond, but they still want the book. Yeah, so they go over to Amazon yeah. and they just order it, and it's the same thing. Yeah, I think more so, like, from the business business standpoint, I, I don't really look at it as, like, a bad business decision. I just look at it more so, and my concerns and my perspective on this article and on this decision isn't just the decision itself. It's just, like, what, Terry, you were explaining of, like, this seems to hint at their trajectory for the future, and I think... I'm more honed in on that than this specific decision. Yeah, it's like it's gonna it makes total sense to cutting out. Yeah, I think cutting out the middleman makes total sense. Putting shit on Amazon, being your own distributor, being your own boss. Uh, <laughs> oh makes, god, uh, <laughs> they are girl bossing way too sense. close to the sun right now. <laughs> they are girl bossing, but exact that's exactly it. They're girl bossing too close to the sun, and I am just gonna keep a hawk eye on like their future business decisions and just seeing what else they're doing because I'm genuinely curious how much they're going to put their whole like self put their whole business like into like whatever decisions they're going to make I just see this as like a a step on their timeline more so and yeah it is concerning and I hate what it would be doing to brick and mortar shops also love a bookstore like hello (laughs) like i have two writing degrees like i do i'm the last person who wants to see bookstores go away and suffer because of this it's a shitty decision from that standpoint but i think i'm more interested in this story like in the long run and looking towards the future and being very skeptical of all the decisions they're going to be making and if they're going to be making similar decisions in different areas of their business that they will this is definitely a a precursor this is a harbinger of what's to come yeah but i the sad part and i hate being that guy is they're with Hasbro, they're too big to fail to a certain extent. And so they can do these moves that can have their cake and eat it too. They can fuck over Penguin Random House and all these brick and mortars, and it won't affect them other than when it comes to sentiment. And yeah. sadly, sentiment only matters to a big publicly traded company when it actually affects the bottom line. Sometimes it can, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, like if they're fully trying to pivot, but 
they're so big on all it takes is for them to go well the the subscription thing didn't work they're mad at us okay cool put the books on amazon uh you know like it's so easy for them to just pivot and not have serious ramifications um and so if we did all pull together as we get older and go you know what i'm only buying my books at a bookstore i'm only gonna do that and then they they do have to come mea culpa to penguin random house and go we do need to get back and all these brick and mortars because uh millennials and gen z and gen alpha were like we like going to bookstores motherfuckers we're bringing them back which we've done before that's people forget bookstores already died once and we brought them back uh so it's not impossible that the sentiment goes further and we carry it because we already did the impossible once, which is make them fucking say sorry, uh, which is a thing that they would not have done otherwise. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just worried that it doesn't matter that you're right, uh, which yeah. is always the yeah, shitty thing with capitalism yeah. because they're so fucking big. Who cares? They don't give a shit. D&D could fail tomorrow and they don't give a fuck because they have 40 other properties that make them money. Uh, until they start fucking all of those ones over too, which they do over and over again. Uh, it just, it, it's hard because we're so small and I, it's hard for people to comprehend the numbers that they deal with where it's like, well, if they're not selling them in bookstores, like I, I, none of my friends buy in bookstores. It's like, yeah, but like Lissa said, 12,000 new people started playing D and D yesterday. And if all 12,000 of those people go buy their one book on Amazon instead of going to their, you know, local game store, they won. And so they're not as worried about us who are yeah. well-informed on it and do have a stance. Like you said, Charlie, like you're like, nah, I'm just not doing it. And you were the one holdout. You were like, I'm still going to buy the books. I want to support it. They're doing good stuff. And now even you, they broke you who were like, I'm not defending them, but I still, I want to see it go back. And you're like, nah, fuck it. And <laughs> I mean, I still have my caveats. Like we talked about a couple episodes ago. Like if they ever release a lore book, I will jump on it. <laughs> right. Like, right. Fer like somebody feral. But still, but, like you yeah. were, you were the one holdout. And even you were like, no, I have to take a stance on this. And they've learned that that possibly is a small enough number that they don't have to cater to it. Which is a shitty lesson to learn, but that's part of, you know, that's part of capitalism. Like if, if they have enough people that don't give a shit versus the people that actually care, it becomes negligible. So I hate to be the the doom and gloom business guy, but as much as I disagree with this, and it fucking sucks for a lot of those stores and for Penguin Random House, um, they're going to still you know, have their cake and eat it too. Diamond's going to get their shit into comic book stores still. Probably some comic book stores that were only ordering from Diamond because comic book stores are really small and they can't order from 15 different distributors. They already have a hard enough time doing that with comic books. If they can just like slap um uh their image order on with some D, &D books they're gonna do that so this might actually win out for them in a couple of smaller cases um while fucking over a lot of really cool brick and mortar stores uh uh locally second and charles is one for me the penguin random house uh is where the D, &D books came from that store does this mean i'm not gonna be able to buy certain D, &D books there it doesn't matter anymore to me but i know lots of players that get all of their shit purely at that store um, so now they're going to be forced to either stop playing D and D or what's more likely they're going to go online and buy something from somebody, uh, that's going to give more money into Hasbro's pockets, which is really all they give a shit about. Uh, we are numbers on spreadsheets, uh, that don't matter until we do. 
And then they go, well, D&D sucks now. I guess let's push uh, Transformers again this year. Yeah, let's push Transformers again this year. Um, I've ranted enough. Anybody else have any other thoughts on this before we move on to the next story? I've said my piece. <laughs> and I want you to know, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I hope that you're right, and I hope that we prove them wrong. Or, if it's the other way, and you're still right, but we don't prove them wrong, we don't convince them, and it's D&D's downfall, that's going to really fucking suck for a lot of people. Yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't want I... you to take my words as me saying you're wrong, Char. No, I get it. I, the dogs are also barking, so I have to be... No, you're all good. I just, I, for, the, for the record, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> no, saying okay, I disagree okay. with anything you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, I got you. I think this makes sense from a business standpoint. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just, it's interesting, and we will see how the repercussions and dominoes fall. I will say, though, like, don't, don't anyone weep for Penguin Random House. It's a big company. They have other books that they just... I, I, yeah, it, it's not, like, Penguin Penguin's loss. It's, <laughs> if anything, it's, it's uh, maybe Wizards of the Coast loss. I don't, I don't know. Like, to, to be determined. You know, but it's, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting business decision, which does make sense. Um, and I'm glad that that got sort of explained and cleared up. Yeah, I really like I, I've had a couple of comments when we've done these big business discussions. They're like, well, that fucking sucked. And I was like, oh, did I do it better. Like, no, like it made sense. But like, that's not good. I was like, no, business fucking sucks, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, biz business is business. Like it's you you turn off your like emotional part and you just make business decisions from a purely like what makes sense with money decision and that's why it's so hardcore why business is so why it's capitalism it's like you turn off your brain you don't give a shit about people it's just business and like they they're handling it so much like it's just business like the fact that no one can say why means that they're the reason purely is bottom line stuff like there's like nope we're we're moving away from that we're uh, like Charday said putting our eggs in some different baskets so fuck you <laughs> like, like this is not like when TSR did it which was like hey we done fucked up uh but it is interesting to see because while different reasons and maybe different outcomes same situation like this is again history repeating itself it might work out more favorably for the parent company of all of these or. What is interesting is, like, Sade is talking about, like, if it goes a little bit more what she was saying, we could see D&D being sold again in the next, you know, 20 years, which yeah, I yeah. don't think is impossible. I, I don't see that. Be, I don't. It's not Hasbro's cash cow anymore. Right now it is, but they're going to bleed it dry and then it will be up for sale. Um, That's just that's capitalism. That's publicly traded companies. I'd be interested to see where it goes i don't know if we have any conjecture on that is there any pie in the sky where it's like okay they fucked it over we want to see DD being revived where do you want to see it being uh bought from yeah yeah i don't know uh Chardet, anybody that you have thoughts that you're like oh, i wish they'd buy it and I, they'd do it better no i fucking hate all companies <laughs> that is the correct answer that is the correct answer <laughs> Uh, Shardy is like the opposite of a business decision she's the non-business decision no but that's important and like i don't think people would believe me when i say oh i wasn't siding with them if i didn't have Shardy going yeah but like here's why that sucks uh because they're yeah. like terry sounds like yeah. a fucking robot and i'm like i do but like i just because i understand <laughs> it doesn't mean i agree with it yeah. which i don't fuck that 
uh but it's it's all dumb i i, I buy from many different um big companies that sell you know you know ttrpg books i don't want to see anybody else doing it um because all of them are companies like i used to speak the praises of fantasy flight and then they like basically fucked over their entire part of their company that made ttrpgs uh because of their larger ownership um and so it's like well i don't know there you go add something small that doesn't exist probably like i'd love to see an upstart that just does D D again that'd be interesting to see uh but moving on since we have nothing else to say and i'm going in circles uh i i wanted to hear what you two had to say because i couldn't read through this entire thread uh because my x account is suspended right now um i think, oh, I, was, I, think I, was, I wasn't right wing enough i think uh, what did just, you okay. i'm not bigoted <laughs> i don't believe in ai is is like the future of mm. arts uh i don't own any nfts you know like i think i just well neither do we so the fact that you've been just suspended and we haven't is something <laughs> I think being in comics, I was uh, forced to wade into a few conversations that maybe normally you wouldn't be in mm, with people like fine. that who are like, oh, like I hate that comic books are woke, you know, that kind of thing. So, Gross. yeah, yeah, it was a little bit like, well, I mean, they've always been bro, uh, mm. but, you know. It's, Go off, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It's not a conversation I wanted to be in, but like, uh, yeah. So I couldn't look further into this, but uh, can you speak on the next story if you have your uh, run of show up? Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, yeah, yeah. I I can I can read out the thread and Lissa can start giving her thoughts because I feel like I gave a lot of thoughts in our last. Thank subject, you. So I want to hear Lissa. I appreciate it, Charday. Oh, of course. People yeah, don't want to hear me course. talk alone for an hour. I will I'm always sure. take the side of the anti-capitalist, even if it makes no sense. <laughs> I feel like in that case, I made a little bit of sense, but I will read out the sure. thread. I'll read out the thread in its entirety, and then Lissa, I feel like, should grace us with her hot takes, her hot opinions. Um, especially for those who don't have X, who can't fucking. <gasps> she said it. I said it. Well, that's because you called it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I blame me having one cup of coffee. Uh, <clears throat> so this is by a account, uh, uh, Anthony Joyce Rivera. He is a freelance project lead, game designer, and consultant with companies like Wizards of the Coast, Critical Role, MCDM, Ghostfire Gaming. Uh, and he started off this thread by saying, um, this is an immensely complex topic, but I feel compelled to share my observations. The largest pool of untapped talent and potential in our industry is without a doubt, women of color, women, femme presenting, and trans creators. I want to discuss this. Hell yeah. Over the past few years, I've made myself available to discuss uh, the how to make it into the industry and offer to help connect creatives with opportunities. Consistently, the ratio of creatives that reach out to me to take advantage of these opportunities is about 4-1, the one being cis men. A common trend is that cis men speak to me with direct and concise asks, and in many cases, uh, in air quotes, but also in quotes, confidence. I say, quote, confidence because I want to give an example of how many of these discussions go. Cis man, I definitely want to write an adventure and will do it. Most of the time, when I ask for a portfolio, there is none, nor is the claim backed up with experience. <laughs> but the ask is clear, and they do sound, quote, confident. Now for the interesting part, and this is a consistent observation after speaking to hundreds of creators, women of color, women, femme presenting, and trans creators approach me more often than cis men, again, about a 4-1 ratio, 
In nearly every instance, these discussions have a much more humble and professional tone. Yet also, in nearly every instance, they are immensely qualified and blow me away. I'll give an example. Non-cis man. I really want to lead projects or write an adventure. When I ask for their portfolio of experience, I get replies like, I've won two TTRPG industry awards, written three books. I'm a doctor slash lawyer slash accountant. I have several masters slash PhD degrees. I lead multi-million dollar projects. I hope I'm qualified to write an adventure. I'm blown away. This is a hard topic for me to articulate here, but I need to put this out into the open. Women of color, women, femme presenting, and trans creators, in my experience, are, one, some of the most extremely qualified creatives in the industry. Two, not getting the opportunities or shots cis men are getting. Three, is there's a higher ratio among them that want to be project leads, project managers, or producers, positions in our industry, is in dire need of. They are hungry and want to learn, grow, form teams, and create amazing things. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I want more cis men in positions of power saying this or acting on this reality. When the dam of bias breaks, women of color, women, femme presenting, and trans creators are going to flood us with the best shit we've ever seen. Anyway, I'm just sharing some candid observations based on my experiences, but I'm pretty sure good at noticing trends and using that to envision potential futures. Women of color, women, femme presenting, and trans creators are where it's at, and if you're wise, you'll hire them. Damn right. Like I don't, I, like I don't know. Like when I saw this, I <laughs> just this is somebody who works with Wizards of the Coast in critical role and in the industry and a big time creator. And like the fact that we are like not still to this day and age not utilizing and not recognizing that diversity is a mm. good thing, and it people start listening when a a man speaks up. Like, it's it's just mind-baffling. Like, this is positive, and I love this, and this is where I want this to go. But this is so rare in this day and age when, like, just this week in the UK, the UK government, I'm going to bring politics into this, bring is em. saying that trans people <laughs> are not valid and that intersex people are not valid and that, you know, this... It, this American bullshit is coming into the UK and now they're bringing into into politics because they need more votes. Yeah, and just knows no bounds. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just, it's not just an American thing. It just it was made a big political platform in America and now that it took yeah, off it, yeah, everybody it, they were always there in other countries, we should make that clear. All, all of that stuff has always been present in any every country around the world. Like that's just a fact. Yeah, but we're trans we're trendsetters in the fact that we elected a fucking carrot and then everybody's like, oh my God, they elected a carrot. We should also elect carrots. And the carrots have always been there and the carrots have been trying to get into politics, but the first one to break through is in the most powerful country in the fucking world. But anyway. It's yes. you. They, <laughs> made, they made a success and a dent in your politics is how, how that goes. And yeah. then everybody else is like, oh, we could do that. We Look, look how well they did. And then it's yeah. just a domino effect. But yeah, I just... I just need more people like this. I need more threads like this. I need more people to realize that you need diversity. You need more voices. You need different representations and different backgrounds. And that that's what's lacking and that's what's wrong with the industry is when you look at all these actual plays, it's all white people. It's all men. It's all cis men. It's, you're, you're not, it's all from like, one country and like 
I, I don't know. It's just we need to diversify and work with people outside of our comfort zone sometimes and to make mm -hmm. connections and to find people on social media like social media is global like you can get to the farthest reaches of the planet if you want to if you try you can find contacts from different backgrounds from you know different genders different sexes and i just the fact that it's it's still just like attacking on diversity both politically and then seeing you know these there's every every day we get followed by a podcast and i look at who's you know running the podcast and is it not just straight cis white men that are another one have created a podcast because another you know they're, they're they're funny and i'm sure they are funny but like i'm not i'm not going to give you my time because i'm sorry there's so many cis white men podcasts out there like, like what makes you stand out yeah, Here's the well, thing. it's exclusively like if yeah. it was a diverse cast that was maybe hey, yeah, 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 yeah. GM or if, one if cis white like, man, even, yeah. even one like token woman or one person <laughs> of a of a different background, like that, I that's me that's giving better. You, like that's, that's better. Yeah. But like a lot of them are still just like, oh yeah, yeah, we we have a home game. We think we're so funny. Like that's that's nothing against you. I'm sure you have an audience that like people would love you and I'm sure you're great. But like, for me, it's just, I want diversity. I want something different. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, maybe you can bring something different, but in this day and age, I need there to be diversity. And this is my list of rant for diversity in the TTRPG, TTRPG space. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Woo! Applause. Everyone applauded. <laughs> Everyone clap. <laughs> Yay. I mean, like, I, I concur. Like, I agree. I, I think it really fucking sucks that it does take, like, uh, somebody in a privileged position, like a straight cis white man with power who has worked with all of these groups to speak on it. I feel like it sucks and that women and femme presenting and trans people have been saying this for so fucking long and they're just now as groups like feeling empowered enough to say we are worth it and we are talented on a public platform like getting that self-confidence like knowing their worth knowing they have something to contribute to these conversations to the industry they know that it just sucks that you have to convince people when other groups of people don't have to convince people so if you have a position of privilege just help people get on your level they're not trying to usurp you <laughs> they're not trying to like pull you down to their level which, why are you even scared of it to begin with? Ask yourself that question. Um, just help people. So I think this this person did a great thing and more people should follow his lead. It sucks that it takes somebody like him speaking on it to gain traction and to sometimes, you know, uh, formulate conversations around this. But it's inherently a good thing. Like, be an ally. Like, if you see people who need to be lifted up if you see people in need if you see people with a bunch of talent that you want to promote promote them be an ally like that's literally the least you can do is just like self like promote them or just show them love like their posts retweet them subscribe to their patreons whatever whatever you feel like you are comfortable doing in order to support creators like that giving them jobs in the industry 
um, and giving them their fair shot among their more privileged peers do that. So it's 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 refreshing to see a tweet like this in just a clusterfuck of awful on Twitter, too. And I think it should be overall celebrated. Agreed. Yep. And that's all you need to hear my voice say on this topic. <laughs> Goddamn right. Um, are we ready to move on to the next story? I think so, yeah. yeah. Backerkit bans AI-generated content from its platform, including art for board games. This comes from Polygon, who wrote this article. Charlie Hall over at Polygon wrote, Backerkit will not allow AI-generated content on its platform, which includes many high-profile board games and tabletop role-playing game projects. The announcement made formal in a blog post on Monday stands in stark contrast to its biggest rival, crowdfunding giant Kickstarter, which has no such restrictions. Uh, the announcement comes less than one month after AI-generated art and Terraforming Mars board game expansion raised alarms among creators and backers alike. Backergit's policy goes into effect on October 4th. This policy emphasizes that project on Backergit cannot include content solely generated by AI tools, the company said in its announcement. All content and assets must first be created by humans. The San Francisco-based startup said its stance was informed by more than 10 years of working with creatives on high-profile consumer-focused projects. At BackerKit, we're driven to ensure creators are fairly rewarded for their hard work and creativity, said BackerKit. Due to concerns about AI tools, using content without proper compensation or permission will continue to limit their use on our platform until there's a system that can guarantee fairness in sourcing permission and compensation. These AI tools, also known as Generative AI, are controversial because they are fueled by the work of real artists almost entirely without their consent. Generative AI literally cannot function without a large body of reference material, which is often gleaned from publicly available sources like web pages, books, and individual works of art. But the vast majority of AI developers have demonstrated varying levels of regard for ethical norms. Some hold novel stances with regard to copyright law, while others simply use underpaid artists and students to perform uh, as mechanical Turks. Bricks Games, the creator of Terraforming Mars, said using AI would save its family-owned company money and boost its profits compared to paying human artists to do the work. Uh, we don't need to read further into this. Go read the rest of Charlie's article over on Polygon. Uh, but I appreciate Backerkit's stance. It's definitely going to make me consider Backerkit for my upcoming games um, that I'm going to back and or create. So what are you thinking of this? I like that... Uh, this includes for TTRPGs as well, which I haven't seen as much of lately of mm -hmm. AI content. I know we've talked about here, we've had a few opportunities of people wanting to advertise with us, and they use AI art, and we said, no, sorry. Um, and we're going to continue to do that because AI is taking the money out of artists and stealing their work. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's a pretty easy decision. I like that they're taking the stance. Uh, what do you two think? I like that this is just a jab at Kickstarter. It really was. <laughs> it, it, that's what it read to to me. And I am I think the timing is very much, in, like the, the timing of this article seems very inspired by the game that we talked about like a couple of episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode. Time is a weird soup. Um, but I feel like this is almost a non-direct direct response to that because they because they did make a board game like specific like caveat to it and i'm just like oh that felt that felt pointed and deserved and i like that <laughs> i like i like that i like the direction they're going hell yeah um mm -hmm. i haven't done too much with back kit uh only a few things but this is definitely going to make me start going there a little bit more often to look for projects 
just because like I appreciate what they're doing. So if you do, you should also check out Backer Kit. Lisa, any thoughts before we move on? I just think that, yeah, I think there should be more regulation on AI-generated content. I'm not saying that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I my, my opinion on AI is developing um, as we go on. But as it stands, AI is stealing from artists and is being used in a way that is not beneficial to people who are creators. Um, so I think anything to regulate AI, whether that's on a larger scale or a smaller scale, just for like backer kit or something is always positive. Hell yeah. Um, and I, I agree with you. We just, we need to get, um, regulation on it. And because our government specifically in the U S doesn't do things, <laughs> especially not things for the people. I don't see. No. What do you mean? Too. They do things. They fire the speaker of the house. That's right. That's so they, so they, they don't have to do anything for <laughs> uh, another week, uh, which is just immaculate. Kill me. Love yeah. it. Uh, love to see it. Jeff's kiss. Oh God. Why are you trying to make me <laughs> angry? It just, it's just like, uh, you Every already have to, you have to explain why companies do shitty things. Now I gotta explain why our government fucking sucks. Uh, I will always be here to remind everyone how shitty life is. <laughs> word. This story comes specifically <laughs> from X and Christian Hoffer, uh, also of comicbook.com, uh, in the character sheet. Not talking about that there, just, just dropping some stories randomly on X. Uh, Wizards updated the art for Big B's Presents Glory of the Giants this week, and there was more AI-impacted artwork than, uh, they, than they thought. And then following up on that, uh, Christian had confirmed at least 13 pieces of art were replaced in Big B's Presents Glory of the Giants. So, uh-oh, so <laughs> way more AI than you were admitting, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. And all of the original art that was replaced was credited to Ilya, uh, how do you pronounce that last name? Chippen? Skipping, 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 skipping. God, I, I think it's, I think it's just shifting, 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 shifting. All right, dope. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. From what I can see, no other artist's uh, art was replaced. So I remember when Lissa, Lissa sent me this tweet, or I found this tweet and sent it. To, I remember this tweet was discovered when I was on a call with Lissa specifically, and mm -hmm. we both collectively freaked out that there were 13 fucking pieces of art. And it was all from that one artist. Uh, who all from that original? one guy. Is it the same same dude who did the giant? Same dude. Yeah, same dude. Wow. 13. You could, honestly, like, you couldn't just own up at the time and be like, yeah, I did that one with the IR, but I also did all these well, other ones with the IR. Well, I mean, like, the more uh, context we have, and I think we probably talked about it already, is that a year ago, AIR, like, the conversation just wasn't really happening around it like it is now. So mm -hmm. Wizards and the, pe the people in the art department that were signing off on this stuff had no idea. I We have no way of knowing if Ilya knew how unethical AIR was when he was using it. It could be um, ignorance, right? But, but we've talked about uh, Ilya's comments before that it really seemed like it wasn't. Yeah, it seemed like he understood what was happening and he did not care. Right. Which, get that yeah. bag, I all, all but understand that. But and companies and capitalism have not made being artists really possible while being extremely ethical. However, 
if there are people who are doing it ethically, I want to support them instead. So while I understand what Ilya is doing, I think it's shitty that you're doing it, no matter what system you're in, and I'm just not going to support that, you know? Uh, yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and purely blame him when it's also the industry itself. Like, they don't pay people to give a shit about the art. It just It's like... Uh, uh, when you look at like a lot of Pathfinders uh, art debacles in the past, it's like it's cool that they took certain stances against this. However, they've not given their artists a chance to make a livable wage. Uh, yeah. So it's hard. It's just hard to be an artist in this industry and to care about the ethics when it's like I can't even feed myself off this. Why should I give a shit about uh, doing it the right way? In quotations. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate that it's so great. I want to just be mad that people are using AI art, but there is some level of it is like, great. Yeah. It is nuanced. Yeah, I think that I think that one thing everyone can agree on, hopefully though, is that it does need regulation and that people need, especially artists, need to be able to opt in, opt out of being used in these AI generative softwares. Word, and people also need to understand if you want art and shit. You need to pay people who make art. It's not an unskilled labor. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, oh, I, I don't think people at McDonald's should be able to afford to live. I'm like, okay, but yeah. do you still eat at McDonald's? And the people, the people making these tools specifically, because sometimes the consumer can be a little bit dumb and they don't, especially if they're not in the creative industry. Like I've had conversations with friends who are not creatives about AI. Um, and I've had to explain to them why it's bad and they genuinely had no idea and they used ai generative software not assist, not for creative projects they were using it for, no, just for fun use. i see it all the time just for, for funsies and i get yeah i get that but like i also you know wanted to like make it clear because they're not like in our industry like hey just so you know like when you do that when you pay this specific program i think that's where the big issue comes in with the um like everyday consumer, when you pay to use an AI generative software, that money isn't going to the artists. And that's the big problem. And so, you know, if you can make people aware, you know, I try to make people aware. (laughs) I just, uh, again, it it sucks because like the answer is always, well, the system sucks, right? Like, oh, it sucks that Penguin Random House isn't getting stuff uh, that's going to get the brick and mortars. But the problem isn't necessarily Hasbro. It's that we've allowed Hasbro to exist in the way that it does. It's not necessarily a problem that there are AI generative art tools. It's that we have shit on artists for so long and allowed the system to be so exploitative. No one gives a shit. And now the artists, mm-hmm. some uh, not the artists, but some artists now are also not giving a shit. Because they don't yeah. have enough yeah. wiggle room to care. Yeah. And that's that's the most frustrating thing for me in this whole story, uh, because they st- an artist still got paid for it. I don't like the, the way that they did it, but the fact that now it's like we have like Ilya's stuff. Like if you looked before the AI art stuff, I'm like it was good. It was it it was impressive. Why do you need to go to mm-hmm. this Walls? Because they don't pay him enough to give a shit to finish it, and like that that sucks on a whole other level. And that's that's the part that makes me more mad. Like. <laughs> why are people so against paying people for their artwork uh because they don't because because society doesn't value artists that's just it because like you said it's a big it's a big structural problem because society favors 
conventional careers. They don't favor artists. They take artists for granted. Like right. it's the idea. Like people, nobody understands that a show's written until the writers go on strike. Right. Like oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's it's their it's their their machines. Creators are just machines. They're the mm -hmm. tools that you use in order to create the thing. It's basically manual labor, even though they're not just doing it manually. Even though it's like creativity is a fucking amazing skill that human beings have and just because you don't realize that that but it's it's something that can be used by other people who are quote management and you can just point at a writer say give me a script in 10 days they'll do it that's beautiful and then you can point at an illustrator and go give me a drawing in two days of this thing using this uh towards this target market and they'll do it and yeah. then you don't have to give a shit. It's it's a tool. And right. AI is a tool. You don't need to point at a person to say, do it. And they'll, like, talk back to you. The, the thing will do it for you with less hassle, with less mm -hmm. back and forth. It's it's literally meant to be a tool. And that's why mm -hmm. it's overtaking the creative industry is because it's literally artists for the longest time are just tools in the industry. You go to them. You tell them what you want, and then they churn out that thing. Mm -hmm. That's how Preach. we're seen. Yeah, like, and, it's so stupid. That's it. Care, that's, like, that's our role. Yeah, it, it, it's really frustrating, and I see it from the, like, the writer standpoint, too. So often, people are like, well, why would I pay? Like, I'll just write it myself. And it's like, how do I? And because artists object, and then like, they do, do and like, then they're like, yeah, oh, and, that sucks. And then right? they're like, oh my god, I literally, I think I probably told both of you the story, but from the audience, like, um, my old roommate. Like, we met up for, I think it was her, like, we got birthday cocktails or something. And she was talking to me. And we roomed all through undergrad. And I have a writing degree. I'd She'd seen me cry over this writing degree. And she'd seen me, like, do all the work, put in all my portfolios, stress about deadlines. She's seen what I was doing for this degree. And then we were at dinner. And she literally said... <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually, I started writing a book. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I love that. Always support people who want to even start on creative journeys. We love that. And then she said immediately following that. And then I got five chapters in and realized writing is, like, really hard. And I'm like, oh, my fucking, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you saw me, like, literally break down into, like, a panic attack <laughs> over my writing and over like I don't even remember what it was because it was years ago but like she'd seen me put in all this work for this degree in writing and she's like writing is hard and I'm like it took you trying it not me literally showing and telling you that for years it's baffling so even if they do see it even if they do know that you're putting in the work sometimes they just don't get it until they try it and then even then maybe they don't even get it then and they think it's the best thing that's ever been written which i wish i could have that confidence right and it's also but even Jesus when Christ. they do understand that it's hard they still don't value it as a proposition for someone to do like that happens a lot with a lot of our mm -hmm. friends where it's like yeah. i now i now get work in the comic book industry which has been a fucking heavy thing on me it's been really difficult to do but it's happening right and they're like oh yes. congrats yeah. you write the silly books like that's cool like and then they go talk about their career in quotations yeah because like what and they I don't do treat it with matter. the same way yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not valued it, at all yeah um and it's it's like it it sucks. Like, I know it matters, so it doesn't bring me down as much as I think it would otherwise. 
because it's mm-hmm. important to me. It doesn't have to be important to other people. But it does sometimes suck when it's like people you care about. When it's like, Ooh. oh, it, Terry does those silly. He writes, you know, in quotations. He's a writer. Uh, uh, and I'm like, but what would I need to do? Do I need to be a lawyer? Do I need to be a medic? Like, I, I don't have those skills. I couldn't do that if I tried. I can't like, be a even, doctor. I feel like even if we be, all became millionaires, because we're all artists and we all make money on our art in some way, shape, or form, I feel like even if we all were millionaires with our art, people wouldn't be happy for us. They would be baffled. They'd be like, well, what do you mean? 100%. Like, I could do that. And then, like, any... It's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's... It's... I it I don't understand like people's brains are so warped by how society has not put value on art that even when you see successful like if you see like some there is somebody out there who sees Stephen King one of the most successful authors of like his generation if not multiple generations right there are people out there who say I don't understand why he's so successful yes. like I could do that literally you can't because he's doing it and you're not like what do you fucking mean anyway we could all go off on this i'm sure yeah we can do this forever i'm sorry i just it is it's okay it's like it hits so close to home right because we deal with it right like it's every day literally every day the amount of times people are like oh terry's still doing the comic book thing like they're surprised that Mm -hmm. i haven't like like failed at it yet i'm like well people do make money making art it's not the same money as what you make not not a uh, lot of money but like just because you're not making a lot of money doesn't mean you like aren't having a fulfilling career (laughs) right it's i it's it's hard especially when it's like when they don't value that specific art form right it'd be like you shitting on Mm -hmm. me because i write comic books and you write books Right? Oh my god, like, gross! I know. If I exactly. ever did that, you have full right to end the friendship. We, we wouldn't like, be friends. I would, you don't do that. You would You're not very be supportive. Friends. No, but you are always up front. You're like, I don't, I don't read comic books. You don't. I, don't comic books are not shit. my jam. I will, I will dip into them, but they're not my jam. But that doesn't mean I don't think comics are in art form and that comic writers are writers. Like, if anybody ever thought that, I would judge. Like, if a novel writer or like a poet thought that comic books weren't like real art or let's say like a painter didn't think graphic like uh art using computers was a but you do there's an elitism it's uh the whole thing is poisoned shakes fist old woman shakes fist in air Uh, yeah "Ah." he's gotta yell at that cloud it's just it's it's it is so frustrating and so like i i think when people hear us get so worked up about ai art they think it's just one thing but it's really it's just one single symptom of a larger problem with the disrespect of artists on so many different fronts so when you hear us get mad you're like is it that big of a deal i can't believe you wouldn't advertise this person's pdf just because they they did you know a picture of this cowboy boot i won't say what they actually did the picture of because i i I talked to this person before they're a person with real feelings but um like yeah we get mad about it because there's already such a high level of disrespect for are in most cultures that when they're just fine with the AI thing, I'm like, you don't understand. This is just one of like the heavier straws that's going to break the camel's back. It's not the final one, but it's far from the first. So when you hear us get mad about it, just know we're not just randomly mad about this. Now we've been mad the whole goddamn time. That's our secret cap (laughs) is I'm always angry. Um, So I promise you, this is not the only thing. Is there anything we need to add before we get out of here? (laughs) Yeah. Lisa, please. We've we've (sighs) been ranting for probably at least 10 minutes straight. Please shake your fist at the air. Say anything you need to say to close us out and get your voice in here, please. Please. And thank you. Fellow artist. (laughs) 
I I already gave my rant. Um, yeah, I was waiting for it to be like, oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Like you you just seem to you just seem to rant on about things. I I already said my piece. Like <laughs> I'm just more distinct. Listen, we're narcissists. We like to hear ourselves. That's talk. right. That's definitely what that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, Listen, yeah. you you go on. You go on. Like you didn't get a chance to talk when you were in high school. So talk talk. Now. <laughs> hey hey, Shardy was okay, in theater. Uh, she had to talk on stage. Okay. Is that is that her words or is she just reciting <gasps> things that Whoa, other people? Oh shit, Lisa! Holy fuck! Oh man, that was probably written by a white guy too. Um, yeah. <laughs> man. Whoa. Okay. Well, on that note, that'd be a whole other podcast. Uh, so let's sign out here. If you like this rant, you can go listen to all the other rants over at campykillcreations.com. If you liked it a lot, head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Get this podcast early, get other bonus content, other podcasts early. Go check us out over there. Just a few bucks and it helps us keep the lights on and the mics rolling. You get really cool things like, uh, our, uh, D and D book, club bitches and books you get things like slovenly trolls after dark you get Charday's lore rewrites lots of good stuff over on patreon.com slash can't be killed creations if you want to follow this show on twitter where can they find it lissa on twitter they oh, yeah nowhere. you can find it on twitter they can find it on <laughs> x at, I mean, but yeah i mean i don't really post on x twitter anymore if you if you add us i will respond eventually uh, but there's no updates really going on there because I am very conscious that uh, apparently X is being used to as learning material <gasps> for yeah. writing AI. So of course it is. Uh, what about fuck Threads that. and fuck you or, and uh, fuck Elon Musk? Yeah, hell yes. What about Threads and or Blue Sky? Where can the people find this podcast or Instagram? Uh, currently not on anything. Okay, you Ooh, can't we, find I, us. I have. <laughs> I have invite codes. We'll make we'll make a we'll make a cave trolls blue sky at least. Hell yeah! Because I have some invite codes to use, so we'll be on there sometime after this. Sometime on there. But if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, you can uh, email us at campykillcreations at gmail um, or over on Patreon. Wow. We always uh, respond eventually. Uh, I am on TikTok mostly. I'm on a few of the other uh, platforms, CBK Comics or Can't Be Killed Creations. I'm on TikTok though, at Can't Be Killed Comics. There, I will always respond. That's my main place. I am always on TikTok in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so if you like comic books, if you like me or both, <laughs> that'd be the dream. Um, you can find me over there talking about my comic books and stuff. I have comic books to plug, but you can't buy them anymore because the Patreon, or not the Patreon, the um, Zoop campaign is already finished. So just look out for more comic books from T.S. Luther. Sharday, where can the people find you? I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter account, apparently training it for AI. <laughs> <can't afford> to... <laughs> uh, everything sucks. Uh, I also, we are also on Blue Sky and we are also on TikToks where sometimes we make TikToks of Papiaga that get almost 100,000 views and make give me anxiety. <laughs> and I think that's most of them. We are at Slovenly Trolls at, on all of those handles. Hell yeah. Uh, and Lisa, Instagram and you? threads. Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. We are also on Instagram and threads, but Lissa runs those, not me. I have nothing to do with them, which is why she shit talks me on them literally all the time. And I can't control it. I can't do anything. Can you, can you call it back? <laughs> Listen, you gave yep. me power and you literally that I would not use it. Um, that was your yeah. first mistake. I underestimated Lissa and you should never do that. <laughs> nope, that was a mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. Lissa, where can the people find you? 
Uh, I have a blue sky handle. I won't tell you what it is. You may or may not find it. I may or may not ever be on there. Uh, but yeah, it's lovely trolls on Instagram and threads. It's currently where I'm hanging out. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're sorry. We're in the cave trolls, and we're out. And we're done recording. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.